Hello and welcome to Win the Middle. We're about to dive into a conversation that may very well redefine the way you see your next decade. In every stage of life, we encounter changes, challenges and opportunities for growth. But when it comes to midlife, why does it always seem to come with a crisis? And more importantly, how can we make these middle years our best years? My name is Jeff and my co-host Greg and I have come together around a shared passion for personal growth, training and yes, triathlon. Jeff is the Head of Employee Experience and Capability at Macquarie Bank. And Greg is the CEO and co-founder of Education Disruptor Creatable. We're here to pull the curtain back and reveal that midlife isn't an end or a crisis, but a thrilling new chapter, ripe with opportunities for transformation and discovery. So buckle up. It's time to welcome the experience, the wisdom, and the potential of your middle years. Let's win the middle. Take it away, Jeff. Take it away. Episode seven, who is your hero? So, Greg, I have an interview question that I like to ask people, which is, which is who is your hero? But I realized I didn't have a good answer to that myself. And so I went on a bit of a search and realized I don't actually have a singular hero. Um, I more have a smorgasbord of people I admire for different reasons, but I think the closest version of the answer I would give comes in the following clip. Um, There's a few things, about three things to my account that I need each day. Um, One of them is something to look up to, another is something to look forward to, and another is someone to chase. Now, first off, I want to thank God because that's who I look up to. He's graced my life with opportunities that I know are not of my hand or any other human hand. Um, To my family, that's who and what I look forward to. And to um, my hero, that's who I chase. Now, when I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come to me and say, who's your hero? And I said, I don't know, I gotta think about that. Give me a couple of weeks. I come back two weeks later, this person comes up and says, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it. You know who it is? I said, it's me in 10 years. So I turned 25, 10 years later. That same person comes to me and goes, so are you a hero? And I was like, not even close. No, no, no. She said, why? I said, because my hero is me at 35. So you see, every day, every week, every month, and every year of my life, my hero is always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to attain that. I know I'm not. And that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. So McConaughey's just done his thing. Cool. So this episode, we're looking at heroes, but with a very win the middle frame to it, which is what does your hero look like being you in 10 years time? And Greg, I I know we've been talking about the podcast with our friends. You had like a really cool astronaut story, which I thought might be a good way to start. Yeah. So a mate of mine uh, who listens to the podcast, he's been getting a lot out of it. This is the same guy that's doing uh, Shred Timber with his wife. Um, he was telling me about 
um, a memoir written by a Canadian astronaut uh, called Chris Hadfield, um, and the book is called An Astronaut's, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. Um, and through kind of various anecdotes and stories from his life, uh, Hadfield kind of offers principles and philosophies that have guided him through his career. And one of these is the question, what would an astronaut do? Now, this guy always wanted to be an astronaut, right? Like when he was like six, he just wanted to be an astronaut. But something happened when he was kind of nine. Um, he started asking himself the question, what would an astronaut do? Um, an astronaut would eat all of his vegetables. An astronaut wouldn't stay up late. An astronaut would make his bed. An astronaut would help the dishes. An astronaut would study for an exam. Um, and so as he kind of grew older uh, through his teenage years and, and developed, um, he would constantly um, structure his life um, around these habits uh, based upon what an astronaut would do. Uh, it became like a personal mantra to kind of guide him in various situations. Um, it encouraged him to approach life with this problem-solving attitude, to be disciplined, uh, consider the broader implications of one's actions, much like an astronaut would do in space. And it's really cool because this thought process fostered a level of professionalism and readiness for any situation. It developed kind of forethought, um, preparedness, readiness to learn from mistakes and adapt accordingly. Um, and he ended up becoming an astronaut because he'd been behaving like one since he was nine. Um, and I think it's a really interesting question in the context of this conversation uh, because the way that we could kind of take that principle and apply it to this would be, well, what would 50-year-old Greg do? Mm. Yeah, I love how those two stories gel together. They're such powerful stories on their own. But if my hero is me in 10 years' time, what would I do in 10 years' time? Like, and work backwards from that. I love the yeah. connection of those two stories. So, do you have a hero? I do. I, um, I've got a few, like you, a smorgasbord of... Um, people I've looked up to over the years. My first hero from when I was a kid uh, is Trevor Hendy. Uh, I grew up doing nippers and all that, uh, and he was at the top of the sport uh, with the Uncle Toby's Iron Man series at the time. Uh, this is the surf Iron Man, so not, mm. not the triathlon Iron Man. Um, and it's cool we've spoken about this, but he has this saying that the conditions are always perfect. Yeah. Uh, so with a surf Ironman, the order changes from race to race. So it's drawn out of a hat on the day. It could be swim, ski, board, or it could be board, swim, ski, or it could be ski, board, swim. Um, so no matter what the order was on the day and what the surf conditions were like, uh, he always told himself the conditions are perfect. Um, and he says that that's because he wasn't trying to win the race. He was trying to perfect it um, mm. instead of trying to dominate. Um, he sort of opened himself up to whatever the race was trying to teach him on the day. And I just thought that's a pretty cool mindset. You know, the conditions 
are perfect when your goal is to learn and 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 grow. Mm. Um, so he was my kind of OG hero. Um, Kelly Slater has been uh, a pretty consistent um, person I've looked up to um, from when I was young. I still watch all of his heats on the WSL tour. Um, the only other real sports I watch are the Tour de France and triathlon. Um, I just respect his longevity at the top. He's looked after himself really well and what he's capable of at 50 is extraordinary. Mm. Um, and the other person I'll just mention is Michael Jordan. Um, I have a really huge amount of respect for MJ. Um, I have this little black book by Michael Jordan that I was given when I was a kid um, uh, called I Can't Accept Not Trying. Um, so it's basically Michael Jordan on the pursuit of excellence, but it's in his own words um, and sort of underlying all of his unbelievable accomplishments are a set of simple principles that provide kind of the foundation to his entire life. So that little book just unpacks those principles Um so that's really cool. So um, Michael Jordan, I can't accept not trying if you're looking for a, a little book to read. Um, I guess maybe absent from my list are um, family man type heroes. That I don't really have those. Um, I have high achievers. Um, I guess maybe I'm trying to become the man that I look up to. Mm. Interesting. They're all. What about um... you? Sports guys too. I know. Uh, my first, so I've got a bit, a bit of a bit of range in mind. My first was a sports guy. Also, it was Steve Waugh. So I just liked the way he was determined and gritty, and he was an all rounder in the sense that he was a batter and a bowler, and he really kind of changed that whole team vibe from if we're going to lose, we're going to turn it into a draw. If we're going to draw, we're going to turn it into a win. That's cool. So he was my, my, I reckon, my first hero. I think as I got older, I gravitated to other types of sports people who maybe weren't the best of the best, but they had other characteristics I admired. And I sent, I know I sent this one over to you in, earlier in the week and I thought it might have got a laugh, which was I really <laughs> liked Phil Clayton in the Iron Man series just because I thought like he wasn't as good as Trevor Handy, but he was still very good. But you know, elegant, skillful, well-spoken. He was a good swimmer. He was a good really swimmer. Really good swimmer. Yeah. yeah. And he was a really good sport too. He came across really well as a with his other competitors. Um, likewise, Joel Parkinson. So my favourite surfer would be Parco. Still my favourite surfer because of how smooth he is. But I also, um, he's got this saying that the best surfer is the one that's having the most fun. I love that. That's the best. And so I think he's got um, a really good sense of um, balance. He's like he's a dad. He's a really he's a family man. He seems to kind of get it right for mine. Not like a, not like maybe as killer instinct as some of the the other top guys. Like you know Mick Fanning. He's he's good mate and and whatnot. Um, at work I had I've had a couple of really good managers. Um, a lady by the name of Margot who's just about to um, release a, a, a book and a whole bunch of stuff called Love Leadership. Uh, I think she just had a really – she had really good clear thinking, uh, a very strong sense of what's right, a strong sense of fun, and just the way she loved the team was a really good example to me. 
Likewise, um, Grant Robson, uh, a manager I worked with in Perth when I lived over there, he was just the the most enthusiastic leader I've ever had. And um, yeah, I just learned a lot from that. Um, and then I have a group of people who are like a title business owners. So my dad, um, you know, my mate Jared, um, our coach Pete, like what I love about biz, small business owners is the buck stops with them. Yeah. Um, you create something, you put it into the world and people decide if they want it or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I really love that creativity and the accountability that comes along with that. The next one's maybe a little cliched, um, mum and dad together. So a lot of people when I ask the interview question, who's your hero, they'll say mum or dad. For me, it's a bit of a, a, a combination I think the the way they modeled a marriage and how to be a parent, dad with um, his provision, even when he hated work. Um, you know, I don't want to hate my work, but, you know, just the way he grinded through that, I really admire. Plus, he's a really good creative problem solver. And mum, for her, I guess, quiet strength and courage. Like, she's a really kind person, but I think to be a kind person, you've got to be a strong person. And that would that'd be mum for me. Um, why is that? Why, why do you have to be strong in order to be kind? Um, why do you have to be strong to be kind? I think um, I, I guess it goes back to the, the you know, sense of looking after the other person and sometimes that will mean um, and this is what I guess I see in mom, the way that she looked after us as her sons often meant she had to be strong with other people, which really put friction between her and other people in doing the right thing for her kids. Um, yeah, that, anyway, I don't, that, was, that, was, that was mom to a T. And, and then this, this is my last one before we can kind of get into maybe a bit of time travel on you and I. Um, I really like Bear Grylls and oh. he's got a book called, so you've given me a book to read. I can't, I can't accept not trying. I'm, I'm going to go and get that. Uh, he's got one called Survival Guide to Life, 75 yeah. chapters, which are his principles on life, kind of four-page chapters, really easy to read a, a chapter before you fall asleep in bed at night. And the first couple of chapters have a dream and then don't listen to the dream stealers. I love that, like just his opening principles. Um, but, yeah, he's a real adventurous guy, independent thinking, doesn't follow the normal path, passionate, um, excited. Like, yeah, I, re- I really like Bear Grylls. Maybe not a normal one, but <laughs> I really like That's, I love that one. I probably like Dave Goggins in the way that you like Bear Grylls. Mm. Our mate Goggins. Uh, Mate Goggins. Um, <clears throat> so should we, yeah, do great. Some, should we do some time travel? Yeah, so this is um, this is based on the McConaughey clip, you know, mm. looking back, looking forwards, right? Yeah, so I, I, yeah, rather than jump to, you know, what does your hero look in 10 years' time, being you in 10 years' time, I thought it would be fun to maybe go back to like an 18-year-old version first. Oh, yeah. Um, I can do that. What would 18-year-old Greg think of current-day Greg? Yeah. um, I'm going to split this into two parts. I'm going to say what 
18-year-old Greg would respect about current-day Greg, and I'm going to say what 18-year-old Greg would be disappointed Ooh, by in yeah. uh, current current day Greg. Let's go. So um, I think what my 18 version of myself would respect is um, I'm fitter now than I was then. Yeah. Uh, and I was pretty fit then. I was a national level swimmer. Um, uh, but now I'm kind of knocking on the door of 40 and feeling really fit. Um, and I think 18-year-old Greg would have been stoked by that. Um I think 18-year-old Greg would have respected that I really gave the whole music kind of dream a big crack. Um, I've done a ton of projects over my 20s and 30s. I sort of put a lot of things out into the world um, and that takes courage and vulnerability, uh, possibly the same thing. Um, And 18-year-old Greg would have respected that. Um, I would have respected how much of a role model I am to my kids now. Um, I heard it said that when your kids are real little, they want your attention. Uh, But as they get older, they want a role model. Um, Mm. I feel like I'm, and I've got a 13-year-old now who's that's exactly true for. um, And I just feel like I'm I'm nailing the role model years. Nice. Um, And I think 18-year-old Greg would have respected the stewardship responsibility side of my life, so how I manage money, the assets we own, etc. cetera. Uh, and I had to figure all that stuff out on my own. Um, no one really showed me. Um, I remember reading Barefoot Investor uh, for the first time and it, it feeling so empowering because I, I started to believe, oh, I think I can do this, you know. Mm. Um, and so I think 18-year-old Greg would have been pretty blown away by how much I've grown in that area. Um, disappointed. Um, I'm learning not to be scared by this word. Um, it's okay to feel disappointed. Um, I, I used to really avoid it uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but I think I think 18-year-old Greg would look at current day Greg and and maybe be a little disappointed because I'm probably not as uh, successful in inverted commas career-wise as I'd hoped I'd be um, at this point. So I feel like I'm a good leader, but I feel like I've failed more than I've succeeded to date. Uh, Lots of learnings and maybe not a ton to show for it. Uh, So... um, I also wonder maybe how many other people feel like that at, at our age, um, if it's a common feeling. Um, and then I wonder too if 18-year-old Greg would look at current-day Greg and, and consider me a little too risk-adverse. Um, back then I had a real back-yourself kind of attitude coursing through my veins. Uh, a little, I'm a little more captain-sensible these days. And I'm not sure how I feel about that personally. Uh, so that's that's me. What about you? Mm. I, I had a similar approach, but I had a, a, some things I'd be surprised as, and things I'd be not. I'm not surprised with. Oh yeah. So I reckon 18 year old Jeff wouldn't be that surprised to find out I was married with three kids living in the burbs. <laughs> 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 like that seems about on par. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think probably not that surprised that I've worked really hard and, and, and achieved a bunch of like cool things um, that probably feels like it would have been on par as well. I think some of the um, things that I might have been surprised is that I ended up in triathlon. Like mm. I, I was a natural like sprinter um, at high school and so doing something like triathlon, which is not natural to me, and is very difficult, probably I wouldn't have seen that coming at all. So I would have been surprised by that. Um, I think surprised and maybe disappointed that I, I haven't kind of had the courage to maybe go out and do something like really creative or that is my own. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, but I think going through school I would have always hoped that I did something um, – creative and memorable whether that have been small something small business related or um artistic or 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 whatnot but here i am doing a podcast with you greg so maybe maybe it's a a start um and and something that can be part of the, the the coming 10 years but yeah probably some things that i'm not surprised about some things that are a little surprising but probably about on par i reckon okay that's cool. It's interesting to look at the where we feel maybe a little surprised or disappointed or oh, I, I would have had more aspirations and hopes in that area than what have been actualized. It's quite an uncomfortable um, feeling to lean into, but I think it's an important one, right, because there's there's clues in there about, what we could be doing, you know, in the mm. next kind of 10 years, you know, like where we could kind of steer into and and what we could um, challenge ourselves with. So uh, I think it's a great exercise. Yeah. Mm. I, I agree. And there's a, there's a guy that I like to follow on Instagram. His name's Gary V, um, VaynerMedia, amongst other things. And... He, he regularly interacts with people when he does his keynotes and, and he records the little clips and plays them back. And, and one of the very common ones is these people um, standing in front of him saying, you know, I haven't achieved what I want to do in my life and I feel trapped in my current life and my current job. And every single time he's just like, how old are you? And they'll be like 25, 35, 45, whatever. And he's like, you're still a baby. Like, and, yeah. and really, we do have so much more of our life in front of us that we can kind of still go after big things and make changes and, and like, we're not just trapped in the grind. So, yeah. I agree. It's a good thing to, to look back and go, yeah, maybe there is some things that I, I, I want to change. Yeah. I got um, challenged by something just recently. Um, you, can, uh, you can have what you want in five years' time on two conditions. One, you know what it is, and two, you aim for it. Mm. And um, it's still hard to know what it is. Like I started to go, oh, okay, well, what do I want? And then um, that answering that question is it's taking me a little longer than I expected. I'm just writing that down because I think that's the quote for the week. <laughs> um, 
Maybe I'll ask another question so I can continue writing it down while you talk. Um, <laughs> so let's t- time travel again, but do the McConaughey thing. Like, let's go forward ten years. Like, let's call it round numbers and say, yeah, what advice Greg. would fifty-year-old Greg give current day Greg? Yeah, uh, this is a great question, and I love that it's advice and not uh, like achievement. You know, like what do I want to achieve in the next ten years? I love it. I love that it's framed as what would what advice would fifty year old Greg give, Greg give me now? I can't even say my own name. Um, all right, fifty year old Greg would say, "Back yourself. You have the resilience to get through anything. Invest." in your physical and mental health, your family and relationships. Jobs come and go, careers rise and fall or fade. Uh, Chasing success can be like chasing the wind. Uh, Your health, your family and your friends are what you'll appreciate more and more as you get older. Uh, And live for the decade, not the day. Uh, Will this matter in five years? If not, what will? Um, it's really easy to get um, mm. sucked into uh, sort of the pressures of now. Um, but, yeah, will this matter in five years? If it, if it won't, well, what will? And, and, and continue to make those things uh, a priority. Um, so that's, that's what advice 50-year-old Greg would give me, I reckon. What, what advice would 50-year-old Jeff Give current day Jeff. Okay. I did a little bit of research on this one and I found um, it's a, I've actually re- read the book, but it, it came up in a quote and I thought it was really good. It's, um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Oh. And um, it's written by a, a lady who's a palliative care nurse named Bronnie Ware. So she's obviously been at the deathbed of lots of people and and so she's being able to go, oh, there's a pattern here, there's things that people keep saying. And so she wrote a book on that which is um, to help people navigate not making the same mistakes. And those five things are, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Second one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Third one is, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Mm. Feel like we're getting better at that that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Good warning. Good warning shot that one, I reckon. And I wish that I had let myself be happier. Wow. And, and I'll tell you a story that happened just this morning. So um, after we, we, we rode the bike this morning, I met Kylie down at Gunnamatta and we took the kids to the, the pool there. Like So we we're on the beach and we we're having a bit of fun on the beach. And there was some kids, uh, you know, they're probably, I don't know, 18 or something, some um, they were driving jet skis and boats and stuff and they kind of like pulled them up at the beach and then they like got up and disappeared for somewhere for a while and our kids are playing around and then they come back and they've got like hot chips and a Coke and they just get back in their tinnies and 
and then just drive off. And Kyle and I were just watching it. We we're like, oh, how's that? Like, you know, back in like 18 years old, just not a care in the world. And, um, and I said to Kylie, it's so funny, hey, like you're 18 and you just do not care, but you've got so much hard stuff ahead of you. I worry all the time about things and yet I've gone through all the stuff. I've dealt with all the stuff that they have ahead of them and they're not worried about any of it. <laughs> and it was just a really good lesson, I think, in presence. Like don't, yeah, wow. don't think that far ahead. And so I think, yeah, for me, one thing that I, I want to be able to do, in ten, me in 10 years' time, I really want to listen to some of those pieces of advice which, uh, you know, I, I don't want to work so hard that I miss all the elements of the kids growing up. Like I want to be there. I want to, I want to see it. I, w- I want to have adventures with my mates. I've, um, you know, that's point four. I wish I stayed in touch with my friends. I've got great mates. Um, that's something that 18-year-old Jeff would be really proud about. And I want to maintain that. I don't want to be in 10 years' time going, oh, what happened to that? I let it go. I spent too much time at work, whatever. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to be um, important to me. And I really think the age my kids are, two, three, and six, this next decade, like I want it to be really focused on on memories mm. um, and, and creating those core memories that they um, live with um as they grow older so those yeah memories and experiences with the kids i think if i was 50 years time sorry not 50 years time gosh uh, if when i'm 50 10 years time well it's less than 10 years for me and i look back and i go you know what i like i, w- I worked hard when i was at work but it was an appropriate amount of time and it didn't get in the way of me being a, a great husband and a great dad and a great friend and i enjoyed my life I didn't stress out about things that were in the future. Um, I think that would be advice that 50-year-old Jeff should give current day Jeff. Mm. I love too that you themed your next decade around making memories and kind of, yeah, cultivating experiences. That's cool. It makes me think... um, There's a guy called uh, Richard Raw. He's uh, like an American kind of Franciscan priest uh, and writer. And he's quite philosophical but has has done a lot uh, around just kind of men um, and understanding the journey of a man's life. Um, And he says that there's two halves to a man's life. The first half is spent building a container of like identity and purpose and the second half is spent filling it with meaning Uh, and building the container he calls ascending so the journey of ascent Um, and filling it with meaning he calls descending so the journey of descent Um, and at the crossover point between the two halves he says that every man has a crisis of limitations. Um, we realise the container that we've built, our sense of identity, purpose, etc., is actually empty. Um, it's just a container. Um, and so descending well is learning to fill 
the lives that we've built with meaning. Mm. Um, and I guess um, winning the middle uh, is navigating the crisis of limitations well, uh, where you kind of come up against yourself and you realise, oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm limited, you know, like I can't do it all. Um, uh, and, uh, and then learning how to descend uh, and find meaning in the life that we're actually leading. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I guess I think about that a lot. Um, uh, I don't even know. I, I mean, I've definitely had um, what's felt like crisis of limitations in my life so far. But, I mean, I'm still only 39. There's a strong argument to be made that, I still probably even haven't hit it properly yet. Um, it could be five years away, you know. So um, I'm, I'm always open to that um, and kind of where I am on that journey. Um, ascending is still, I, I still care about it, I guess, you know. I, I still care about sort of succeeding and achieving and, and things like that, but I, I realise that, that all that's still empty and at some point I've got to learn to find meaning in the life that I have um, and the life that I'm actually living and the people that are in it and the things that I'm actually doing. Um, and, yeah, I just think about that a lot. I certainly don't have it um, figured out, um, but I loved that sort of explanation. Um, uh and I reckon I'd think about it at least once a week. It's an interesting little model. It's a, it's a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about in the seven episodes, identity, purpose, and meaning. Mm. And I think I, I haven't read or listened to that particular model, but as you explain it, something that occurs to me is that um, the crisis of limitations, in as I hear it, it is recognizing the fact that you can't have it all or not at all, not at the same time anyway. Yeah. And so I think we have choices to make as far as the different aspects of our life and the different roles we mm. play about how hard we want to go after them. So if we wanted mm. to be the most successful business people we could be, that might something's come, got to give. Something's <laughs> got to give. That might come at the expense yeah. of other things. And so do I want that? Yeah. Or am I happy to maybe not maximize that um, to the fullest of my potential because I choose to prioritize something else? Is that kind mm. of the – is that yeah. where I the crisis so. of limitations kind of – I think so. Well, the clue's in the word, right, you know, because – you have so many hopes and dreams when you're younger about what you could do and what you could achieve and what life could be like. Um, and I think we all get to a certain point where, like we've modelled today in some areas where, you know, further down the road than we'd ever thought we'd we'd be, but in other areas where we've come up short, um uh, according to our own expectations. 
And I think that's obviously, firstly, super normal um, and very common. And I think everyone probably has a similar sort of story there. Um, but I loved what you said. Like, we just, I think it's learning to really accept that we can't have it all. And it's interesting, they did this study with, with um, because it was very sort of man-centric when they, they did this study uh, that sort of informed this model. Um, and they did it again with, with women because they realised that the first time they did it, it wasn't sort of inclusive of uh, a, a woman's experience. And the the crisis of limitations for a woman, according to this kind of school of thought, actually happened a lot earlier than uh, a man's timeline. Um, and that's because uh, the, the sort of the child um, years, like mm. having a baby and, and, being sort of forced out of your career for a bit to to play that role uh, as the the uh, if predominantly you know the primary caregiver um, while they're little and things like that um, that that sort of that turn of events thrust the crisis of limitations upon um, a, 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 like a woman sooner. Um, and they came to that point of realizing, oh, I can't do it all. I can't have it all like kind of a lot earlier than us blokes have that realization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and yeah, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I, I can reflect on our experience as a household and yeah, Penny has gone through this before, like way earlier than me because, you know, having kids and, you know, get kind of turning, taking a detour from her career to, to kind of do the home thing for a bit um, kind of meant that she went through all of those kind of emotions um, a lot earlier than me. Um, and and now she's in a, in a much, you know, she's already kind of, learning how to feel life with meaning um, and do that well and 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 I'm sort of playing kind of catch up in that area. So I feel like I'm waffling a little bit now. Only it's only just because I've I've kind of ventured down a, a trail that I didn't expect. Um, but yeah, I think I think the way that you articulate it is really good. Um, we we can't do it all so we've got to make some decisions about um, what we want to prioritize and, and what we don't and and I think that's um, a big part of what winning the middle looks like. Mm. I've got a question for you. Yep. What does winning the middle, what does good look like in, in, in your next decade? I would love to be present in, in, all, in all circumstances. I think it's, it's not something that I've had historical strength in. Mm. But wherever I choose to be, if I'm at work, be at work. If I'm at home, be at home down the beach with the kids, but the beach with the kids. I would love to be a present person. I'd, I would love to be, that would be winning, just being present in it, wherever I am. I think if I'm living my values, which we've covered in earlier episodes, but being uh, a passionate, kind, adventurous person, 
Um, mm. That would be winning. I think if I was spending quality time with Kylie and the kids building memories um, that will last for their lifetime, that would be winning. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's three kind of uh, three three things that come to my mind immediately. It sounds like mm. you've probably got some thoughts on that. Uh, I just feel like I'm transitioning from do I have what it takes to building environments that cause people to prosper um, from, from cowboy to king um, could be another way of saying it. Um, from me to we. From me, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not really about me anymore, right? It's, it's about cultivating ecosystems that get the best and the most out of people, and that's just as true for home as it is for work. Um, learning to cultivate an ecosystem that gets the best and the most out of people. So I think that's what I want my next decade to, to be marked by. We hope today's conversation has provided you with some food for thought and a new perspective on how to make these middle years your best years. Remembering that midlife is not about crisis, it's about growth, transformation, and embracing the strength that comes from experience. Win the middle.